Welcome to Scav Talk, everyone. Uh, today we got a really exciting show prepared for you all. We're going to be breaking down the latest community podcast hosted by was is his name Red Seven Red I Red, Red Seven Yeah I Red Seven I, Red Seven I think it's I, I Red yeah. Seven But um that's gonna be really exciting mm -hmm. and possibly some other fun little topics uh, that we won't spoil just yet. Yes, we're just gonna have to see kind of where it goes. I mean this this week I did actually manage for you know the first time in a very long time to basically watch the podcast properly mm -hmm. and uh, and make some conclusions from it so um i think that's actually kind of cool because like normally i don't get the time i think i messaged you and said oh we're on i was on a really long train journey and it was just like the perfect opportunity to actually watch this thing because yeah usually i take the information second hand because i just don't have time to watch like three hours of stuff but on, this week it's uh it's actually kind of worked out did, did you see it or have you kind of seen the like the takeaways from it or whatever because we can discuss there's so much to talk about i don't know whether yeah. we'll even get through everything because we can just like bounce off through different different topics but did yeah did you see um did you see any of it did you see Ooh. just like the summaries i did have it in the background while i was working on some other stuff um so i caught like bits and pieces some you know it, it is kind of hard because sometimes it does kind of go in like a lull period and you kind of like zone yeah. out and then I caught some recaps and whatnot, but it's honestly been, I mean, that was like Friday or I think it was actually Saturday last Saturday. So it's been a while for me and I'm glad that you were able to listen to it and take some detailed notes because I was like thinking in preparation, man, I'm going to go back and re-listen to the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's good because yeah, it was out a little bit ago, but I watched it on... I like downloaded the videos and then and then watched them afterwards, kind of in in parts. So it's uh, you know I wanted to cover it, even though it is a little bit. I mean, it's not old, right? It's um, it's all like the latest stuff mm -hmm. from Nikita. Mm -hmm. So uh, and and I still think it's important, and because they it was so long and they covered so much stuff. Like there's various things that they covered about kind of like stuff happening right now, like bugs about raiders and that kind of stuff. Like I didn't note anything like that down really because I don't think it's that um important for like the long term if that makes sense sure, it's kind of like sure. oh yeah it'll be fixed it's a bug it'll be fixed loot in the blue room it'll be fixed raiders it'll be fixed you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. um i mean we can just dive right in if you want i think yeah um, i mean i've maybe just before we start i mean i've mm -hmm. i've had a very busy week as as uh determined by the fact that i was on long train journeys and stuff in in the first place so um i don't know if you've uh, had much time to play uh i've played a, a, a little bit not not a great deal um so I think it's I've, kind of uh, it's been slow otherwise anyway, except for like the daily task stuff, um, which I've had a little play around with. But yeah, so that's a great transition. And so it seems that this community podcast was sort of a way to like brief the community on the daily tasks because they seem to have pushed it live as the podcast was going live. And the, previously they leaked it like there was a tweet from Battlestate Games saying something like, daily quests is sooner than you think or something or operational task or whatever, um, which was cool. Drove, drove a little bit of hype and whatnot. So it was kind of interesting to see how this community podcast was sort of like, I don't know, it's different because in the past, normally Nikita or BSG would have like their own podcast, um, which we haven't seen one of those in a while. I think the last one we saw was sometime after the Scav Karma patch. And it was just sort of like a generic 
really wasn't anything specific. It was kind of an interesting one. It was a little different. But um, with that being said, what was um, sort of the overview of the podcast? It was sort of like breaking down the operational tasks. I guess we can go over that a little bit. And what are your thoughts yeah, on so, it? Yeah, so I mean, the the beginning, so, yeah, it, it's exactly as you said it, right? So they actually were releasing the patch, and I think it was it had come out as they were talking, and Nikita originally, he did say at some point that he wasn't going to go on it because he thought he'd be too busy. Mm-hmm. But he did anyway, and people were, like, messaging him and stuff. So I, I honestly did think that he did a really good job of, like, being engaged and that kind of yeah. stuff while he, like, was clearly getting messages on Discord and things yeah, as well. Yeah. And he had to go straight after to try and fix stuff. I think there was there was an issue that had to be resolved. Um, I actually can't remember off the top of my head what that was now. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think people were talking primarily about like the, the actual podcast went through so much stuff. So started off with, uh, with daily quests. And he basically said in short that it was going to be part of 12.12, but then was moved earlier as a standalone thing, because I guess just because like it was ready and he wanted to bundle it into 12.12, but people kind of wanted more stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And this was like one way, one way to do it. And I think like, there's been mixed opinions that I've seen so far about whether it's a good idea or a bad idea and whether it's, going to help or not going to help and i think on balance i do think it will help like people having something to do to load up the game go in you know play it doesn't actually like it matters to me it matters less about what the tasks actually are and just giving you like something to go into raid for because a lot of the time if you actually did just go into a random raid with nothing to do and go fine i'll just go from one place to another you'll like hear some shots or something might happen or whatever right it's like less about the tasks themselves sometimes are more about just getting in there um and then seeing like where it, where it takes you and so that's the, what the tasks i think are going to be useful for people for that you get kind of like three ish per day as far mm-hmm. as i can see so far across like you know a couple of different traders and the the tasks are i mean other people have broken it down but the tasks are kind of specific to that trader they'll they make sense for that particular trader you know therapist is kind of healing and and uh and that kind of stuff as well as oh. well as some kills and things but mechanic kind of does more gunsmithy type stuff and you know ragman might want you to get things for him and, and that kind of thing but like they they can all give you different different ones um oh. so they're not like stuck to their specific versions but normally you'll get one to kill people one to like survive a location a number mm-hmm. of times and one to like collect something those are like the very broad three and um, so from what nikita was saying so yeah daily quest was added it was going to be in 12 but earlier the tasks themselves and the difficulty are linked to your level initially so the higher level you are the harder the task you get right. the lower level you are you are the easier task you get um and there were that you know one of those three forms kill survive or get an item um i think he said basically in the future they intend to also have things like dynamic weapon customization quests which i basically read as dynamic gunsmith quest for mechanic at some stage because you can imagine right. an engine that would be able to produce those you have to build a gun with certain parameters whatever right like the way that the way i imagine that in my head is that you'd almost do like you could almost just like randomize a gun you mm. like build a gun randomizer and then just like say it needs to be within these parameters so you know that one of them is possible and then you like then you just release it so something like that i imagine would be um would be kind of cool um and then as you do certain types of quests within I imagine between those kill survive item type quests, as you do different types of those, you actually should be, I'm not sure if that's in in now or whether this is still just kind of for the next iteration, but you get harder tasks if you complete them Mm -hmm. and you get worse tasks if you don't. Um, It's not quite clear if you pick them up 
and then don't complete them does that just does that count like if right. you actually didn't try if you pick them up and then like didn't actually play any raids like does that count it's not really clear exactly what that means but anyway he said you know the, the better you do the harder the tasks you get and then there might be some kind of like legendary tasks which have like super crazy rewards but you have to you know complete the ones that you have like quickly and um have a high success rate of of completing those to get those um and then like the other thing that he said which is kind of cool was uh global shared tasks for the whole community things like pmcs versus bears is kind of not necessarily like first to like forty thousand kills or whatever but something something like that you know bears have to kill so many pmcs of, of the other team on usec and vice versa maybe and like or maybe yeah whichever team wins maybe they get like a, a secret level from prep or where they can buy some item that that you can't on the other side some something along those lines so that was like you know for the whole community to try and like work towards as a big group so that's kind of interesting and kind of yeah. cool because you can see how they've shown the statistics previously for various events like they easily have this information and it'd be kind of neat to kind of see the community working towards it it'd be quite it'd be quite fun we're quite fun so I, I like the idea of all of this stuff i think it's good um in terms of the ones that i've seen like they look pretty much as we kind of would expect like i've had um i've had like survive labs one time i've had hand in some stuff that could all be crafted in the hideout um i've had one that was hand in stuff one of which could be crafted and then one that had to be found in raid properly because there's no craft for it and then like a load of just kill pmcs with like leg shots kill pmcs right you know in, in various locations that kind of stuff so it's nothing too crazy but i think i think it's good honestly i think on balance it's good and i really do think it like helps that longevity and gives people a reason to go in and play every day and i think once people start playing it's really just that like a lot of people don't just don't want to boot the game up i think that's kind of the the hurdle so you know yeah people complete it quickly that's fine but like once you're playing and you've had a good time or whatever and you're in the swing of playing you're like you're more likely to keep playing i think so to kind of give people that little um i don't know what's what's the word kind of like well, those things, you know, the the the, the paddles, the paddles when you when you give somebody like the shock to like start restart their heart again. I'm like jump start having, having a mind blank. Yeah, like I don't know, like a, yeah, jump start mm -hmm. to, like for people to actually open the game and like have a look at their tasks and go and play and, and and that kind of thing. Because I think a lot of people just, especially people who are, like bored and have done a lot of the quests and things, kind of lose that impetus to start again. You know what I mean? Were you implying that Tarkov is dead and this was a way to resuscitate <laughs> life back into the game? <laughs> <laughs> Tarkov's dead. No, um, I think for some players, in all seriousness, though, I think for some people it kind of is because they've just played it so much, and when they run out of tasks, they're just like, "Well, what am I going to do?" Yeah. And I do think that there's a certain set of people who either they played it a lot and they're bored, or people who like to have a goal to work towards rather than being able to do their own thing. Like you know, people are different about what they want to do. Some people want to have an explicit line in the game that says do this thing and i'll mm -hmm. reward you with a thing right that's how they get their their rush and that's what they like and they get dopamine from that whatever some other people it doesn't even matter they'll just go in they'll take something they like and play customs and it does, they might not even be working on a quest it's, it yeah. just depends on the kind of player but those players who really want something tangible to work on even if the rewards don't really matter the fact that you get something for doing it and you're trying it out and it's new and as i said it gives you an excuse to actually go into raid i think that's I think that's important because fun stuff happens or and annoying stuff happens, but stuff happens when you go into it. If you don't go into raid, you just don't play EFT. So I think it's good overall. I can't see how it's a bad thing. Let's put it that way. 
Um, yeah, have you, pl- have you have you had any tasks? Have you like played any um, daily tasks as of yet? Have you tried any? I have. I was glad to see one of my first ones was Survive Factory because that's kind of the only thing I go for now. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I had like kill scavs from like eighty meters away, and so mm. I was like, let me go customs because I was like, it's probably doable there, and there was not a lot of scavs. And I think I went originally to reserve, and I just was like. Where are the scavs? There's no scavs spawning. It was really annoying. Um, so yeah, that was those were the ones that I had some other like crafting ones, but I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't mm. know. I'm I'm kind of going through an existential crisis with Tarkov <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> it is really hard for me, man. It's really hard because it, it, and just like the game's just not fun for you to play at the moment, or well, that's the thing is like. Once, kind of like what you're saying, once you get in there and play, the sort of intrinsic value of playing Tarkov is like there. Um, but I feel like the game is built as an extrinsic value, right? Like if you die, you lose something. So that's a net loss. Like that's a bad feeling, right? And then yeah. you succeed, you gain something you know it's it's i don't know it's a little different than something like um a walking simulator that's just like you know there's not really any things at stake other than the own enjoyment of playing the game so it it is kind of hard for me because i like the progression system you know i that i like not even the system but i just like that feeling of progressing right and so yeah kind of the state of the game for me is that just at a certain point there just becomes no progression like there's just nothing to all my needs all my tarkov needs are met you know let's like that that sociology um pyramid the uh oh god no, you, know, no, you know what i'm talking well. about though. the maslow's hierarchy of needs yes that's it that's what it is there's like man it's just like it just feels like when the wipe happens i'm just like in pure bliss you know the the rose tinted glasses come back on everything's great the hype trains you know revving up and then a couple of weeks go by and it's like slowly going down and like a couple of months go by and i'm just like back where i was last wipe and it just feels so bad because it's like man i really want to like the, the, i don't want all my needs constantly met you know it's just it's kind of yeah. a frustrating thing for me and it's like yeah you could just do this and like simulate it but it's just not the same man it's just not the same but um no it's not the same like i still i still i know this is a bit of a tangent i want to dive into some more of this stuff but like i still really wish that either they had a hardcore mode really do think people would play that for a long time it would take Mm -hmm. people for like a you know unless you're like literally streaming the game like eight hours a day take people forever to progress in hardcore and some people would really like that the people that would would find it great the other thing to to have like a prestige so that it does reset and give you something because then it feels like there's a point in resetting right right now there's not really any point in resetting other than just to get your own your own kind of feeling of scarcity and having to start again back. But if you actually got something and it doesn't even matter what it is, you could even just have like a, you know, a tally chart on your dog tag. It doesn't matter what it is. People would do it for that. But at the moment, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing for that. So there's no reason to restart. And I don't know, maybe this, it's not really within kind of like the EFT mantra or, you know, Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. restarting a PMC from level one. It's not really the, the, the deal, but you know, it's only really an issue for people who've played the game a lot. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think something like that would be, would work. I think it would work. I wouldn't, de- I wouldn't be a detriment to anything in my opinion. 
Yeah, and to sort of like transition this, uh, I I don't know. This is hard because, all right, looking at the daily quest, I can see they put a lot of effort into it, right? Because they developed a generating system that creates a lot of different parameters for things you have to do. Like what, like you know, it 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 seems it it looks pretty good in my opinion at face yep. value. Um, and there was like some. Funny scenarios like go to factory, kill scavs from eighty meters away. <laughs> like that was kind of funny, but yeah. it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, however, for me, it's just like it's like what's I mean? Yeah, it's something to do, I guess, but it's just like nothing really matters because, like I said, all my Tarkov needs are met. You know, it's just like I don't know. It just I wish that this. I feel like we're putting the cart before the horse. I wish that. They could focus more on the progression, like sort of that that true quote unquote true Tarkov experience. Because I right now I I don't know the answer, and I don't know if they how they see it. But I just feel that progression is like so optional at certain points, and then it's just like you unlock everything, and there's like no scarcity, and you know there's like so many different ways to to make money and all the things can be converted into money and money can buy you anything. It's just kind of a, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough because I'd love, yeah. you know, we, we talked about the cycle last week and I played it a little bit this week, but I haven't really got to play that much, but I like how I'm slowly getting the next tiers up. You know what I mean? I'm not just like jumping from a zero to a hundred. Sometimes that happens, but it happens in the ray. Like I found a, you know, blue, gun that was like rare you know i didn't have this unlocked from the traders but it was just like wow but i had to like survive you know it was like very tense in that raid you know so i i miss yeah i, I miss that man i miss the early wipe gameplay i that's that's the peak of tarkov for me you know so yeah. i think though that like as nikita i think well nikita said before that the we're still kind of in like a wipe to wipe cycle not like a full game cycle and so mm -hmm. the just the um that loop is shortened for the time being. And I would hope that they stick to that kind of thing and that it will get longer in future to go from one thing to another. Money will be harder to come by in the real game. It's as he said, right? It's like the, we've talked about this before, the boiling frog thing, right? It's like, and he yeah. actually said on the podcast, we take two steps forwards yeah. and one step backwards yeah. on the road to getting to the more hardcore game. That's like literally what he said. He was like, we make something really hardcore and then everyone complains and then we take one step back. And it's kind of that thing of, you know, bit by bit by bit, he's getting it to where he wants to be. And I think that, you know, he, it's also that, you know, it's a good point that as things change, you know, there's no point rebalancing the economy all the time and that kind of thing, like changing it now because people want to, yeah, they want to be able to test everything and that, and that kind of stuff. And I don't know, like after listening to the podcast, I actually am like so much more positive about just the, the general, uh, the whole general thing, because this is always going to be a problem so long as we're in the cycle we're in at the moment. I keep using the phrase the cycle. I think it must be because I've got it on the brain or something. Um, but the the wipe to wipe loop that we're in at the moment is the way it's going to be until until it isn't. And from listening to what they're doing, it does sound like as a very broad overview. It sounds like they are putting out the extra stuff that they need to do to get to the release 1.0 release, and then stuff after that is going to be like DLCs or like extra extra content afterwards 
and then they can really start looking at the economy i would i would think and hope and have it like balanced out for for 1.0 because right now it's it's that kind of thing if you know if there's so many systems that are going to change what's the point in changing it and people get bored and they know that people get bored but you know all the, all the mechanics and all the stuff's not actually in yet so put in daily quests now allay people's kind of boredom a little bit for the time being they're going to carry on working on stuff um, it was funny as well, like I'm I'm jumping around a little bit, but these are I don't think I've written these down as like major points anyway. Nikita actually said that, you know, right now with like without a ton of people playing and yeah, with the game in a stable state, they're just like able to just like work on stuff. They're just like working on the patches, they're working on what's coming next, they're working sure. on their plan, and they're just executing on their game plan. And I actually think that that's an okay state. I think they're fine with it right now. Um I don't think I mean Nikita didn't look worried at all about you know the game having less viewers or, or whatever and blah 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 and he's already and he said multiple times that the game's way bigger than um than they ever expected it to be and obviously they have to keep you know pushing stuff and promoting things and carrying on with the with the various stuff but um one second yeah i've been really distracted hold on uh yeah i don't know guys i'm kind of depressed sorry about that all right i was just sulking in my depression related from tarkov <laughs> yeah look i think it's fine right like let's 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 break out let's break out of this cycle let's break out of this cycle of depression and stop talking about the cycle and and talk a bit more about like actually what he what he said right okay. so his idea is to continue to follow the reddit plan that he put out yeah I know the community still thinks it's optimistic, but he said four patches this year is still the plan. The second iteration of weapons malfunctions mm-hmm. is coming, which is not something that people are necessarily super excited about, but um, we're going to see how it's implemented. And I know he wants to wants to implement it. The most interesting part about that, which is probably the, the stuff that most people saw on social media already, mm-hmm. um, given that this is a little bit after the cast happened, is that he said, I wanted to release uh, daily quests with wipe, but that wasn't possible at this time which implies that 1212 is going to be a wipe and it's going to be Christmas. Anyone who watches Nice Guys stuff will have seen that already. Um, and then and that they are going to be, well, they really want to release the game next year. And for that, he said they're actually closer than they thought they were. So they, they thought they were close to release than they thought they were going to be. And they have basically streets. I'm just going to quickly read through what I've written down for this. But he said like streets, the start location, the end location, which are not in the game yet, and they're the start and the end of the story, with the storyline and the ability to escape. Um, he said there's other some some other small features, so like some advanced weapon stuff, silence related, like movement things, um, and then the other features are getting moved to DLC because he's decided basically that like they can't have everything and they're just gonna have to release the game. Um, and there's some other cool features coming this year, and some are a surprise, and that yeah, they were close to the release than they thought. So that was interesting seeing how kind of like. Yeah, upbeat and you know, maybe they got loads done while the game's been in a quieter period. I don't know. But he's he seemed very confident about pushing out certain things that weren't absolutely necessary for the release and just kind of getting it getting mm. it out there and getting it in, in 1.0 state with streets and the um the starting and ending location. So I th- I think that's as you know, what we take away from that for the time being is that We've got lighthouse streets, start and end locations, and that's kind of it for maps. And then some other game mechanics that they've some of some they've mentioned and some they haven't. Um, and then and then that's it. The game will be released, and then uh, and hopefully from there for me that you, they'll be able to do 
the economic rebalances that we're talking about to allow the game to be more hardcore and less rush through and just get everything and to be able to delay some of that um that till later i don't know so that i mean i was i was happy <laughs> i was happy seeing, yeah. you know, listening listening to the way that he was speaking about it and just like the general feeling that he had saying that like we you know we were closer than we thought and when we actually sat back and looked at the, the roadmap and, and the plan and what we've got to do and it's looking quite good so that, that's the thing for me i don't even care really whether stuff gets released before christmas or not or january march whatever like if they're going to release the game next year and at least a lot of this stuff is kind of like in process or it looks possible then then I, you know that sounds good to me and we'll just have to see how it how it ends up yeah i think we just have two completely different uh takeaways from the podcast because <laughs> i i yeah, I guess maybe those things sort of skimmed, or I, I don't know. My my takeaway was that it seems like the roadmap has changed a bit, and there is going to be they he needs to figure out what's going to be for DLC and what's not, which is interesting because what does that imply? What are the implications of that? You know, what features like is knockout going or was the unconscious state going to be a dlc you know like what what is it he wasn't really specific on that so i'm not too no that that's true he was asked specifically about unconscious state and they he said this is the thing right he said it's planned but we're not working on it right now so i'm not sure exactly what that means he was like it's yeah it's still planned but we're not working on it like we haven't decided like they they haven't really designed a feature even so it's like a you know it's a, a line on the notepad of like of potential features but it isn't isn't designed from what i could have from what i could take away from that so it's like will that make it into the final game i don't know will it make it into 1.0 i don't know will it be part of a dlc or is it just going to be part of like because i don't know i i don't think that everything has to be dlc mm-hmm. personally I, I don't think it does i think that some stuff i know because because like the way that you're describing, maybe I'm, maybe I'm interpreting what you're saying wrong, and I've seen this in other places too, people being like, right, well, the game's going to release, and then everything after that's going to be DLC. Well, that doesn't necessarily need to be the case. You know, they can add extra mechanics to, like, the base game, like Unconscious Nate or whatever, and it doesn't have to be DLC. That can just be sure. part of the ongoing improvements and, and whatever that they do to the base game. So, you know, that's still speculation, but who knows? Because I imagine DLCs will be, like, new maps and that kind of stuff. You know, if they want to actually add town or right. suburbs or, or one yeah. of the others, or something along those lines. Because it would be it'd be kind of weird to add a, a mechanic as a DLC, because then how would that even function? You, people who didn't buy the DLC, like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I can't right. see how that would yeah. work, you see? And so that's why I think, yeah. like, game mechanics will still just remain within the game, I think. And if they really want to add something, then they will. Mm-hmm. And DLCs will be more like, yeah, extra maps or extra game modes, because this is kind of the next part, actually, um, that you talked about was about Arena. And Arena mm. is effectively, I mean, it's a standalone thing, but it is effectively a DLC. He did say that people with EOD will get Arena for free, which I was not aware that, that had been confirmed previously, Yeah, to be honest with you, because we've spoken about this before, about how he's be very careful because originally they said, well, it might not be. And everyone was right. like, oh, you best be careful of yourself. Because like people bought EOD with the idea that you're going to get everything Tarkov related and all the content for free because mm-hmm. we spent a lot of money on this game, uh, on this game package. So I think that probably is good. I think that community would have exploded if that wasn't going to be the case. And it could still change. Who knows? But that's a proper like DLC kind of thing, Arena. And it sounded pretty cool, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a, I, the more and more as time goes on, I just want more communication from them. You know, I just, man, I, that's, yeah, that's all I, because I want my fears and, you know, my patience to be pacified, I guess. I'm trying to be patient. And my hope is that streets, once they're done with streets, you know, streets sort of like opens up that door into the open world, the whole infills things and that's you know to me that's sort of like maybe the answer to a lot of my problems is a more open world game you know um with more like in in rate traders and things like that because then it's just not like you know you still have to risk getting that stuff out but um yeah it's it's in, it's it's very interesting because his sort of i was kind of surprised to hear those words coming out of his mouth, you know, it just seemed like things, I don't know. Cause also Nikita's vibe or, or whatever you want to call it, it, it was like, you could tell he's stressed, but then throughout the podcast, you know, he was getting more stressed and it's just like, you know, I, I can see that he wants to move on, like not for the sake of moving on, but when you're working on a project or whatever, and it's taken a long time, you know, and eventually you reach this point where it's just like, okay, I just want to be done with this thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not going to be perfect. Let's just make it good enough. And my, that's like my fear is like, you know, there's just going to be this dark day where it's like, okay, Tarkov's release guide. And it's like the exact same game we've been playing. <laughs> it's just like, you know, streets <laughs> and a couple of, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, uh, that, that's my dark fear. I don't think that's going to happen. But maybe some form of that could happen. Um, and it would just be a bit of a letdown. But, you know, as I've gotten my fun out of the game. I just feel like it's the letdown that this game... It's one of those hard things when, when you know, you say everything is planned. I hear Nikita say that all the time. And I was like, well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Is that like you were saying? Does he just have, like, in a notepad, like... Yes, we'll add no unconscious state. Or does he have like a design document and it's like, you know, a thousand pages or, you know, whatever. And it's just like every detailed thing. I don't know. But I guess time will tell, man. Time will tell and we'll see what exactly. comes of it. I think like these days to me, because um, I'm like, I'm fairly optimistic anyway, partly because, as I have said multiple times, that I think the game is pretty good anyway, and that mm -hmm. you can get burnt out on any game, and if you've played it a long time, you can get bored of really anything. And the actual fundamental game, like, yes, I, I hear you about the scarcity thing, and about once your needs are met, then it's kind of like, that's partly the, the initial thrill of Tarkov anyway. And I will also admit that nothing quite compares but the game is still good anyway, despite this, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's, that's kind of my thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, if you're playing something completely new, like the cycle or something, and it's like exciting and it's different and you don't know about these items, you're figuring out new systems, whatever, like that's its own kind of fun. That's like the right. new game kind of fun. But like the long-term, like longevity kind of thing, it's like, oh, well, if I want to go and play something like routine, I'd probably go play EFT rather than like COD or something because it's still, to, to me, it's more interesting. Unless yeah. I'm just like aim training, right? Then I might play CSGO or COD or, or something, but it's mm -hmm. not something I really do these days because I don't have time to play really any yeah. any of these things. Um, <laughs> um, but like, look, there's still, there's a, there's a world in which, yes, they get fed up with the game, of doing the work, wanting to move on, 
going to the next project. Mm-hmm. He said that their idea originally was to open the game up, have for it to be niche, three years, finish development, move on to the next game. And that was the original plan. And obviously this has changed because just various things have happened. Yeah. Um, which is completely fair enough. But I do, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things. So I think that, that, yeah, it was unfortunate that they had the patch release at the same time because I think that added to his stress and made him look more stressed than maybe he would be otherwise. Right. Um, you can tell certain things are stressing him out about the development, in particular Cheetahs, but I'll, I'll touch on that in, in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I actually don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be in the let's release the game like mindset because just to let it run on and on and on and on forever it, yeah, you know we could thing. end up in this situation for a long time i'm i don't know i'm actually kind of pro having like a proper deadline of being like it's being released in 2022 no matter what we're going to put the things in that we think are really important it kind of focuses the mind you know rather than just being like oh maybe we want to add you know a thousand weapons yeah like yeah. The, the weapons malfunctions things is a good example yes that's going in anyway but there can be other things that that could potentially be added which is like oh well this is really realistic but everyone's like does anyone really care though like did, did the game need weapons malfunctions yes nikita wanted to put it in there maybe because he just wanted to put it in there and he wants it to be a realistic simulator but like with a proper release date this thing's been planned for a long time and it's been worked on or whatever so they're going to release that but then all the other things potentially that he wants to add necessarily might not make the cut because he's like fine we just need to put in like the really important stuff that's going to make the game finished and then and then go from there and release it and 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 be done with it so i think there's like i don't know it could go one of two ways and it's impossible for anybody to know really yeah it could end up going into a black hole like you say we just get a release with streets and the mechanics are all the same as they are now and that not much has changed or we get something that's a bit different one example like we talked about last week with with um daisy the cycle and other kinds of games um that are doing this extraction mechanic thing where the map is open it's open for a certain period of time loot respawns and you then have like exfil infill people like it's, it's much more dynamic in that way mm-hmm. because as has been touched on a bazillion times, one of the Tarkov's biggest problems is the entire raiding mechanic and players spawning in and knowing where everybody is right at the start. That's yeah, like one yeah. of the most inherently unrealistic things about the game because you have information that you wouldn't otherwise have and it's just like crazy and it's just kind of stupid. Um, so if they can get out of that, as you said, it might actually really reinvigorate the game loop and make it much, um, much better. The one problem is you're always going to have this issue actually with with the end game in EFT, I think, because people will always run out of stuff to do. And yeah, unless you're playing the game for playing the game's sake, like you do with other games, then I think it's always going to be a problem. I don't, I don't really see any answer to that in particular, unless you have like ways of infinitely iterating on stuff like prestige, like you know, well, really like a prestige kind, kind of some some sort of system where you can just like restart endlessly and it counts up and there's a right. leaderboard and people want to be first on it, right? It's like, what? How? Why would people keep playing? Oh, well, you want to keep your ranking. If you don't, other people are going to be prestiging more than you. What? Like, you know, this is the thing for people right at the top, and we hear a lot of those views often because it's people who are playing the game a lot and it's the top sort of five percent of players who play a ton and they're either just very dedicated um, fans or they're content creators. So you tend to hear more of kind of that mm-hmm. end of the spectrum so i don't know it's like it's it's complicated and um we'll, we'll, as you said we'll just have to see and it could go any one of which way but i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing being kind of in the let's finish this mother mode i really don't yeah i mean now that you say that i think that we sort of see on the same page but just different perspectives maybe i'm more of on the the pessimistic side but um yeah i do that's kind of what my point is like i would much rather them work 
focus on the core, you know, the very foundation more, rather than sort of adding these other layers, which the layers are cool. Um, but, you know, it's still it's just like, I don't know, this is my preference. But, you know, who am I to say other than maybe I'm a investor because I bought EOD? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you want to look at that. But that's, yeah, that's the last thing I want to say about that topic. Um, yeah. So. so we were just talking about Arena a second ago. Yeah. And there were some extra details I didn't go into because I wanted to give us time to breathe and <laughs> cover some of this other stuff. But mm-hmm. um, actually, no, hold on. Just before that. I've skipped over one thing on weapons malfunctions just to touch on it briefly. Oh, yeah. I said basically five or six, five or six more weapons malfunctions are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but any weapons between 95 and 100% durability will no longer get any weapons malfunctions of any kind except for overheating, Ooh. which is one of the new weapons malfunctions to arrive in the, in the new patch. So they said, you know, guns can malfunction within that first bit, but if you keep your weapon in a pristine state, you know, we have to make some... Um, some allowances for the fact it's you know it's a game or whatever um this is interesting for players and so we've decided this is a good thing and we're going to do that so i don't know if that's in right now but i know it might be coming with this patch so yeah. said, you know yeah you have a way to get rid of it and i think that's good i really think that's good because it gives you a choice there because otherwise it's just weapons malfunction just like happens and yeah you have to deal with it but this also adds an extra thing of you don't have to have them if you spend money repairing all the time and making sure your gun's in tip-top shape and you're careful with your kit. That's kind of part of the planning and preparation thing. I think mm-hmm. it fits with the ethos. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I don't I, know what overheating's going to look like. Yeah. I think that's going to be kind of funny one. I think it's to stop people from just going like full auto crazy, like 60 round drum, daka 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 mode uh, to try and help with that a little bit because it is... Again, unrealistic. Sixty rounders do jam. I'm no, I'm no gun expert, but mm-hmm. everybody says that you know big drum mags and sixty rounders do tend to jam more than than regulars. I mean, I remember um, I was actually in the cadets over here, so it's like where most of my like forces knowledge came from 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 here. And it was like even with the thirties, like typically people wouldn't load them right to full because otherwise the spring is like really tweet. If you put actual thirty rounds in like a Stanag mag, you know, like yeah. I've loaded one of those mothers at the oh, age of sixteen with my bare hands with blanks, and uh, yeah, rounds twenty eight, nine, and thirty. <laughs> like you, are, I mean, I wasn't getting it in there. Not not as a not as a mid teenager who primarily played uh, played video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see. But apparently, like the overheating stuff is going to come with. Uh, graphics so you're gonna be able to see because there's no like hud for it or anything but you're gonna actually see like heat haze on the weapon like it's gonna graphically be represented on the gun which that's is like cool. is it, it's kind of yeah kind of cool it's yeah kind of cool so so that's decent i like that not sure if the other four different types of malfunctions are going to be necessary or anything and this is kind mm-hmm. of like the point you said right it's like if they just completely ignored weapons malfunctions and didn't add it to the game it probably really wouldn't affect the end product at all and so does adding all of that stuff really make sense? Well, like Nikita really wants to put it in, so that's that's fine. That's that's mm-hmm. fair enough. But like, it doesn't affect any of the stuff that we were talking about about the longevity of the game, about the game loop, about the way that people play it, you know, think about it, whether they're going to come back, like how long they can play for. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any difference to any of that stuff. It just adds a tiny little bit of richness to the right, you know, the, the simulation. Right. Um. So, so kind of, kind of whatever. I think it's. Um, such, I actually missed that detail that except overheating, which I we talked about before about weapon engines a little bit which I like that this does not account for the durability in that um, safe spot where it won't overheat because it's seen, if assuming it's implemented well, at least how I would 
perceive it as well. And that's, you know, as you continue to fully fire your gun in real life, it's going to overheat, generate heat, cause, you know, blockage and, and whatnot. So I think that's cool because then it's sort of like, because the frustrating part for weapon jams for me is just, I just feel like it's up to R and Jesus, you know, whether I get a jam or not. And it's like, I I don't feel like I have any control of the matter. So this kind of adds that player control slash choice. I think it's, I think it could be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. I, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. What was the other thing exactly. you were yes, saying? Yes, it was Arena. Arena was what I was yes. supposed to be talking about yes. before I got sidetracked by this and realized I'd forgotten. Um, so yeah, Arena, there was like it was some interesting information. I think like a lot of it we kind of knew already, but just to hear it from him now, you know, directly out of his mouth, mm-hmm. um, talking about how they're working on it, that they've got effectively like a separate little team within BSG that are working oh, yeah. on Arena on its own, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's coming with with EOD, but one of the nice things about this is that I think there's going to be kind of the way that he described it is going to be like crossovers between the two games, which will help both games. Obviously, Arena is very heavily based upon the the engine they have now, but it's going to be higher performance servers, smaller maps, so they can get away with a lot more yeah. and run things at a higher tick rate and that kind of thing, which he didn't specifically mention. But um, something that was asked about was about like kill cams and he basically said well look, we need to have that in arena and once we have it in arena then it's kind can... of hard to implement but once we have it there yeah then we can port it back to eft right. not sure if you're always going to want to have it as like a default option but he was like if you like buy a helmet cam for example then maybe you can review the footage on it something mm-hmm. like that like he wants to add a mechanic in the game be pretty cool to allow you to do it but that's like that's kind of neat i kind of like that um and then, yeah, so, like, Arena's going to come with, like, PvE unranked training on BSG servers, so you can, like, group up with your buddies and play offline, um, effectively, or not, it's, like, online on the servers, but you're going to be playing against AI or whatever it is. It's going to be in Arena. I don't really know how that's going to work, but you can fight your friends, I think, as well um, in this, so you can kind of, like, do training together. Because I think that's, like, it's, it's interesting that that's missing, and I, I know that he's wanted to put that in, and I can see why, because he's mentioned before about the amount of gun and drills and weapons handling and that kind of stuff that him and the team do. Mm-hmm. So it would almost be kind of remiss to like not have that because training like with training with the boys is kind yeah. of like a big, <laughs> a big part of it, right? And like you can't really do that in Tarkov. Like you're either playing proper raids together. Right. Um, but you're able to like run drills or like, you know, either just like, you know, play against each other to mm-hmm. hone your skills and stuff. I think it's like, I don't know, it sounds neat. So to have yeah. that option is 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 kind of cool. Um, and he said, yeah, there's going to be like PvP leaderboards, that kind of stuff. So um, it's underway and he's hoping that they'll have something to show by the end of the year, like to actually showcase some of the things and how it's going to work and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, so, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's that, I think that was pretty much it, like just in short what, mm-hmm. what, they, what they're doing on it. And I think it's exciting. I think it's cool. You're going to be able to take your kit from real EFT into Arena, but you could also play it standalone as well. Don't know exactly how that would work. Me neither. But sounds it's it's yeah i'm i would i'm definitely going to play it it's going to be exciting um, yeah i'll check it out and we'll see the topic of cheaters did come up yes which there were a few interesting points there's the usual stuff um red seven was asking him about the false accusations of how and we talked about this previously about how cheaters say oh well it's very very easy to cheat in tarkov it's great right and nikita said exactly (laughs) what i said which is that, well, obviously they're going to say that, right? Because yeah. they want you to buy the cheese. What you think is easy. Um, but it was quite funny, actually. Some things that he said, I hadn't really thought about it from like 
his perspective and BSG's perspective specifically before. And there were some things that I thought were actually kind of cool. So he was like, at the moment, EFT is quite good on cheaters. And I think it has actually died. Like, I haven't seen as many posts about it and stuff. People, it has got better and they've done a big ban wave, I think. Um, and he was, he said basically, when the, the anti cheat is working well, the cheats for Tarkov actually get more expensive mm-hmm. because there's less of them that work. And so you know, he didn't say this, but I was like, you can kind of um, gauge like how well your anti-cheat's working by the prices of the cheats out in the marketplace because the ones that are working are now more valuable, right? So you kind of you can kind of almost like observe the market for cheats yourself. It's funny. Yeah. And go, ah, it's working because like, you know, it's no one can really buy them. So there's only a couple and they're like getting really, really expensive. Um, yeah, as chat says, yeah, he was really agitated when he was uh, about about this about the situation. I think it's very frustrating for him. You can see it clearly is annoying. Yeah, um, and he, and he said like you know even about the money thing, he was like, yes, clearly they buy a lot of copies. No, it's not profitable because cheaters cause long term damage to the game. Was his kind of take on it? Yeah, um, which I'm yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm not sure. Like either which way, I actually don't really care if it's like a a. a collateral damage side effect of it which that they do get money from people buying copies of the game i'm sure they do from for some people right and some people buy the game and then they buy a cheat or something and then whatever like the thing is no matter how big or small it is you can see that they're fighting against it i think it would be crazy to uh conclude that they're colluding with cheaters just the, just the kind of game that eft is right and like the stuff like we mm-hmm. talked about right nikita puts like crazy things in that won't actually change the return on investment of the game at all and they don't want to put in like loads of cosmetic like they could cosmetic it up and make a ton of money yeah. but they don't really want to do that and stuff like there's loads of other things that they could do which are much less shady and much easier to do to make a ton of like money in a cash grab if they really wanted to like it just it's one of those things it's like it just doesn't really follow the logic just doesn't follow properly um it doesn't follow, but it still doesn't answer the question. And that's that's what he I... He said that they buy extra copies. He did. He, he said what did now? Say they buy ex- he said cheaters buy extra copies of the game. He said that basically this is clear. Like they, buy, they buy other copies of the game. But he said it's not worth it. It would not be worth it to coordinate with them, basically, because they cause long-term damage to the game itself. Right. And that's fine. But I guess, okay, so to put it in perspective a bit, Landmark asks the question to Nikita, A, or I guess he really, he asked a question and then made a statement. He was like, there's, you know, rumbles in the community that anytime you guys do a big sale on these, you know, five pack copies or whatever, that people just rabble, 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 you know, now there's a bunch of cheaters in the game. Thanks, BSG. And so he was like, you know, you could sort of like clear the the record and just not sell these copies because it's like you know you see sort of ask like who buys who would buy five copies of a standard account other than a cheater and nikita it was kind of like interesting to see his take on it because he sort of seemed like hmm, i never thought about that which was odd again i'm not i'm not trying to be accusatory towards nikita but it's just kind of odd to me and it seemed like a bit of point of contention for him to not just remove it. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what the sales numbers are because I I thought about it, I was like, okay, well maybe like a streamer or like a really big like Pestilli, maybe he 
buys a bunch of copies for like a giveaway. And I was like, well, couldn't he just contact BSG for them to give him keys? Like, I don't know. That seems a bit like both both could happen. You know, maybe the BSG thing doesn't work out and he buys the five packs. I don't know. It's just it. That's what I mean is like, I feel like it still didn't answer the question for me, at least. Yeah, I think that, I mean, he didn't he didn't answer the question about why he wants to sell five packs in one go. I I think my take on it is that it's an incentive to someone to be like, hey, look, Tarkov's on sale. We were thinking about getting into this game. Like you know, all of I... us can get a copy. Yeah, like, I think that's I can that, see that. That was kind of the idea, because I actually think I'm trying to remember now whether that actually happened within my group. Because it may well have, or, or maybe we missed it or something. Like, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember. But I remember we we did look at it at one stage. Oh, really? And I, maybe there weren't enough of us that wanted to buy at the same time or something. I think I think that's the reason. I think that's the reason. Mm. And he made an interesting point as well, which, again, I hadn't thought about, was he was like, well, we can basically, like, hold up all of our information about hackers and the bandwave and all this kind of stuff, and then we can smash the bandwave out. And then we can sell five copies. We can do what we, he was like, we actually have a free license to do what we like after the ban wave because there's so, so fewer cheaters because none of the, none of the hacks work. So we can sell five copies. It's fine because they're not going to be bought by cheaters because none of the cheats are working anymore. And it's going to take them time to rewrite it or whatever. So we have this like grace period where we can do what we want, which was something mm. that I hadn't really thought about. I was like, I guess there's kind of some truth to that. I'm sure. You know, if you're like building up all this information about all the various people, because, you know, they leave people to hack for a while because um, they don't want to give away information that a of you know what it was that they did that got their hack banned or whatever. At the same time, they want to be able to collect as much information. Once you know someone's hacking, you can then like you know monitor them, see how their game client interacts, see if there's anything else, other flags, whatever. There's all this all this smart stuff, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, smash! They smash everybody all at once, all the different hacks. Then no one knows exactly which which bit it was of which one, right? Then people have to rewrite it. Um. And so yeah, that was his point. It was just like once we do that, we have this grace period now where we can. We can do whatever we like. We can sell lots of copies. We can, you know, implement stuff, whatever. And we have this like time that's, and he was kind of like that times now because we've done the big band wave and the cheater situation is way better. And taking him at face value, it kind of makes sense. Um, I don't really have any reason not to take him at face value, but if you decided that you didn't want to, then yeah, I can see the other side of it where it's like, well, I don't know. We'll see actually, because like, I, th- I feel like Landmark did kind of go, do a good job of like making yeah, he really not bother putting on the sale anymore and he wrote it down so we'll see we'll see if they carry on yeah it is yeah I, I was very appreciative that landmark didn't let up because it is such a common thing like i see it all the time on twitter all the time on twitter and it yeah. and sort of his perspective was that hey you could debunk this if you got rid of this and and to sort of challenge what you were saying a bit um, is if that's the case that when they ban the cheaters, then it gives them free reign to to sell copies. Yes, they can't cheat anymore, but wouldn't you just still buy the copy while it's on sale? Like, why would you wait to? That's true. That's true. If you're confident in your ability to, you know, rewrite it and stuff in the next couple of weeks or whatever, then like, yeah, you absolutely could. But that's you the, absolutely could. And then it goes further because you think the cheaters, there's people selling the cheats and there's people using the cheats, right? It's sort of two different markets. So the people using the cheats, they want to get back up and running their business, RMT, assumably. You know, that's like yep. the, the logical thing, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it's an interest. It's an interesting one. And again, I don't want to like assign negative motives to be a sheer battle state you know i i mean 
as we talked about before, um, you know, there's people that buy keys that are resold that are, you know, fraudulent purchases of the game and whatnot. Yeah. And so that's probably, you know, when you think about it, how many cheaters are buying mass copies when they could probably just buy mass copies illegally, you know, not from BSG. So it is, it is, yeah, yeah it, it's an interesting one and we'll see what, if they change it, I never thought about the group buy thing with friends. Like I, I could see that. Um, I would like to see how many, what percentage, like percentage of volume revenue they get from those mass copies. That would be interesting, yeah. but I can't imagine it's that many as that's well. That's what that's I would think. It's just, I can't imagine it's that many. Yeah. But he also did say that there's like, from as far as he's concerned, there's no statistical increase in cheating around those those purchases. I, I don't know. Which the, the, makes the sense. only other the only other interesting thing that was that he noted, which I was like, okay, I can I can understand this as well, was that as we've said, EFT is like the perfect game to try to run a profitable cheating business because people there's an actual like there's an actual business there. Whether you know whether we like it or not, like EFT is the perfect game to do it because people will buy the goods and then it's profitable to do the cheats and blah 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 RMT and all that stuff. Right. And he said the battle I has told them that EFT is basically like moving the cheat industry, and the developers are using methods like as they combat people in in Tarkov because it's so you know because it's, it's worthwhile. And then those methods are actually like Tarkov is actually making it worse for other games because people, the developers are then moving those methods to <laughs> yeah, other games. Yeah. Because in you know in something like Warzone or whatever, like yeah, maybe people are playing for cheats. That's fine, but it's all just like joyriders, right? right. Buying some right. buying cheats and then playing. Whereas Tarkov's got this like proper like profit motive. Yeah, it's like actually genuine business to to do the cheats in, in EFT, and so that drives people to you know make really complicated stuff and to, like make it work kind of at all costs. And so, but then, yeah, once they've got these methods, they're just like, ah, well, this is like, this may work here or here or here or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting to note that. I was kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a funny one. Because that's actually, he was like, oh, this is, you know, an interesting kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's not actually very good. I was like, <laughs> like Tarkov's actually just making it worse for everybody in all, in all games. It's not even just us. It's like, you know, the COD players and the, the Apex people and whoever, all, all the FPS people, we're all, get, we're all getting hurt by Tarkov. Even if you're not playing Tarkov, you're getting punished by Tarkov. How about you? <laughs> How about that? How about that? No, it was an interesting one. That was, uh, that was kind of strange. I, th I thought it was good to think about, but a, a weird situation. Yeah, but it's, it's also on the positive side, then it pushes the anti-cheat developers, you know? Because if, if the status quo is like, yeah... We got, you know, 10% hackers in, in all of our games and whatnot that we support, you know, whatever. And they're just kind of like sleeping at the desk, but like, yeah, hit the ban button, you know what I mean? But then all of a sudden, like, you know, the numbers spike to like 50% of all the games we support are just infested with hackers. Yeah, then they start like, it's the cat and mouse game, baby. You know, it's like they got to go back and forth, back and forth. And so I, I think it is kind of a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, quick note on yeah. uh, weapons. Um, they the you know the the uh, the team talked about various weapons, talking about like which ones good, which ones bad, and that I think the the main point. Um, I think Ginji was talking about this that like seven six two BP is like one of the cheaper ammos for the meta stuff, but it goes in the mutant and it's really awesome. So everyone's using that. Whereas things that have been removed from crafts and from traders like APSX and M nine M five, which right. Are deemed as kind of like worse ammos like 762 bp is actually really good 
basically people that just don't use the MP7 or or that kind of thing um, late game. Well, they're just like the mutant and those guns are just kind of like a clear choice to use. And they, they, people have made some like a, a whole series of weapon suggestions, basically saying that like the M4 and the mutants just seem too strong. Mm-hmm. The M4 seems like better than the HK. I've always thought this. Like the HK is only like marginally better than the M4, and it's a lot more expensive to to mod. You can't. There's nowhere near as much flexibility. Um, and Landmark thought that the M4 was too strong, and the and the mutant, and that the HK was probably in about the right place. And then then you know the classics, the SR25 and the RSAS and the FAL are all just like on the other end. Like the um, the SR and the and the um, and the RSAS have been hit with the nerf stick because of their T lock getting nerfed because of the mutant because of this whole inter- oh connectivity yeah yeah stuff. i forgot about and then that. the foul obviously being taken to zero ergo which probably is okay because you know that thing's a bit of a beast mm-hmm. um, but you just don't really see it used as much anymore so i don't really know what they could do with that but anyways it was interesting like hearing some of their thoughts um that he's going to go and take that away I, i've already agreed with what they were saying like i think the m4's always been really good to be honest with you like I, if you're like a value player i don't really i've never really seen much um much advantage in using the hk like 50 rpm at like 800 There's level 850 is like so small especially now because you lose a lot of recoil yeah. and ergo it's yeah, a big, to trade it's a big that off trade against like you know the m4 modability just the universe of mods yeah. within the m4 it's like crazy you can make any gun you want basically like with you can really finely tune the recoil and ergo to whatever you like mm-hmm. and you can do it at a very low cost because of the way the ADAR works and the ADAR crossover thing, you know, the M4R stuff as the base, whatever. So you don't need to buy it at 60K. You can actually buy it at 40K um, and, and all this kind of thing. So you can, I don't know. I, I think the M4 is really, really super good. I've actually been like investigating the mutant. This is kind of a bit of a side point. It's not really used it this while. I've been doing other stuff mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm finally, you know, looking into it, getting into it, um, like preparing a, a video on it um, as well. Cause I haven't done one yet. And uh I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's like, it's super good. It's, it, it seems quite fun. I haven't like run any serious raids with it yet, but um, it's, it's interesting. There's some interesting stuff in there that I didn't quite realize. Like um, the longbow version, you can't put the blast mitigation device on it. I don't know whether this is a realistic thing, a realism hmm. thing. You can only put the BMD on the short version. I didn't know this until I was like oh, filling yeah. around with all the builds yeah. the other day. Because that means that the long version and the short version are actually very similar in recoil. They're like low 50s, both of them. Yeah. More than like the long, the long, like fully decked everything gun is like 51 and the fully decked everything short version is like 53 so it's kind of like well you could just keep like the barrel the handguard the pistol grip like because that's pretty good anyway and then mm-hmm. you just like add a few bits and the bmd on the front and yeah you're not suppressed that's the that's the big difference actually that you're not suppressed yeah but the recoil is still still really good you don't get that choice in the long barrels so you can't take it to like 48 or 47 or something on the long one because you just cannot attach that so you have to be suppressed um Whereas on the short one, you actually have a choice because uh, with the Thunder Beast thing, it's still okay. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I think, I, I do think it's pretty good. I've always been a bit like downbeat on BP, but, but I think in the Mutant, it's pretty insane. I think it's the fact that, like, in the AKs, um, if you want to go suppressed, it's like 70 plus recoil and the fire rate is pretty low. And it's just hard to get the recoil that low unless, like, it's like high 50s, unless you're going like for the full crazy thing. Um, but just like, yeah, I, I just think it works. It works better in the mutant in, in my view. So I know it's, it is interesting. So like, yeah, I think people still think it's probably too powerful. Like, have you, have you used the mutant much? This get this, uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say you, you missed out when it first came out, dude. The thing was so yeah, was busted. busted. 
so busted. Like I can't remember the numbers. I want to say it was like in the high thirties, like the vertical recoil. And that's just like I think they nerfed it twice, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but yeah, it was really busted. Um, and that's like everyone's running a mutant or BP. It's pretty common. That's you see you see some mix up, but yeah. I I do think that it is interesting. I mean, I like BP, but I've always felt that the AK's rate of fire was kind of like holding it back. And I think going from 600 to, to 650, that's like almost a 10% increase in your rate of fire. Whereas like the HK going from, or M4 to HK going from 800 to 850, you know, that's more like a 5% increase. Yeah, so that's just very true. It's, it does feel pretty good um but yeah it, it to comment on the meta of this wipe it does feel very very mutant heavy or m4 and you know as they said a lot of these other guns have just gotten killed i don't know it is sort of like one of those things where you know it's like yeah it's just a i don't know it's kind of like a temporary flu like next wipe the scar might just be the new meta and then like they'll do some <laughs> things and change it around you know what i mean it's just like whatever it it all just yeah. feels so temporary and so many band aids, and I'm I'm going back to the the beginning of the show. I'm sorry, but I just I, that's why I want the foundation to be like perfectly fine tuned, sanded, all the cracks covered. You know. So, okay, was there anything else you had about the meat? I kind of went on a tangent there. No, that was about weapons. I think that was it. There was a couple. Yeah, th those ones were noted, and he was said, "Oh, I'm gonna have to think about it." But I think it's the thing; like, he's not thinking about like day-to-day -day weapon balancing. Right. I just don't think that's really on his yeah. like radar right now. Because it's kind of like, yeah, that's like you do that after the game is finished. You know, does it matter really? Like, obviously, you know, it's not nice to mix it up and stuff. But like, right, let's get this other stuff done. In, in my opinion, and yeah, if, give some, you know, give some guy like spend an hour or something having a look at it and maybe tweaking some things. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's not really, it's not really a big deal. Um, he did say that. They were going to make a um, a ballistics overhaul, which was kind of interesting. Heard of this. He he said that it wasn't going to affect like armor pen mm. per se. So the penetration system, I think, is going to stay as is. Which I'm not sure whether this is a good or a bad thing because it's like I like knowing what's going on, but at the same time, it would be <laughs> kind of fun to like you know see a new system. But I do, I think that like the system's too complicated for them to be like poking around with it too much, other than just like changing values. But he he said it was. Um, going to be about flight paths and that kind of thing and he said yes it'll change the end energy of the round so a round might be faster than it is now when it hits you at like a distance so it'll, it'll impact more damage but i don't think there's actually that much variation in that at the moment anyway unless you're really really a long way away like it might be a, a point or two of damage but in the grand scheme of things unless you're trying to headshot somebody with a an MP7 using APSX over 200 meters. I don't think it actually makes that much difference because of the way that we've talked before. I always think I've talked before about um, about like you know breakpoints and like what what matters where. It's like if you shoot someone twice with with BP, you're going to do 100 and whatever damage. So it's like if you hit them twice with the thorax, if you do 100 and something damage, you do 90. It's like yeah, you have some armor mitigation, whatever, but like it'll still kill them. Um, so it's kind of like unless you're on like one of those thresholds. It doesn't actually make make too much difference, but anyway, we'll we'll see what happens because I think like I've, I've seen this routinely in the past, and I was actually tempted to go and measure it myself, but just never bothered and never got around to it. In that the flight paths are are either like over exaggerated in terms of the drop on on different bullets or something like I've I've seen that criticism mm. a few times, um, but I've never actually gone to test it or 
look at the validity of this to be honest with you and, and most most fights are like within 100 meters anyway so unless you're using round you know guns that are completely offset with the the default round kind of thing then it doesn't it doesn't really matter too much i really hope that this means they're going to fix the default round thing because yeah that, that would to be me nice. way more important than any of the other ballistic stuff the default round and the zeroing thing is like it's not actually that like as far as i can tell it's not really that hard to do either um to be it's... honest with you, it's just like it requires a little bit of a, an extra, an extra layer, or just give people the ability to zero their guns in like the shooting range or something yeah. before you go into get. Just allow you to do it and calibrate it to the rounds that you have, something like that. So it could... who knows what's coming with this? It could be hard because if they want to take the fully realistic route, then they have to like make all the logistics work within the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But I do think that possibly we'll see the fragmentation bug fix because I feel like I want to say anytime that's been brought up to him, he's like, we'll deal with that when we get to the ballistics rework system. You're laughing. God, leg because me- like leg meta's just oh. been buffed like crazy, right? Can you imagine if the fragmentation, like if the fragmentation thing gets fixed, like rip rounds are just going to one shot people. Like it's, it's going to yes. get some crazy level, right? It's like, I'm assuming these are rework. Not just I mean, like turn on the reworked. button, yeah. Yeah, well, like it will have to be like I've got. The, I actually have the table up here because I was looking at it for BP earlier. But like, mm-hmm. it's got you know, Rip has got a one hundred percent frag chance, technically speaking, in the stats. Obviously, it doesn't happen at the moment because it's under right. twenty eight pen or whatever the threshold is. But that then makes the damage one hundred and one hundred and fifty or so, <laughs> something, which is just like uh, it's just really crazy. Yeah, and and Rip Rip ACP. That's one three seven at the moment. So if you just like naively just said, "Oh, we're just going to change it so that it always fragments," well, that's two hundred and five. So that kills people um, in three hits to any limb. The um, I don't know the shotgun like, seems- rip ammo two hundred sixty damage. So that would be three hundred and ninety five damage. Like it'd be. Oh, like getting two, pretty close, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually really scary. So, yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, yeah. a rework wouldn't be needed. <laughs> Which tangent? Yeah, we'll, we'll I was see. I was using um Quake Maker rounds because the rip ammo mm-hmm. was a little too expensive, and I was running the MP9 on factory, and it felt really good. Actually, it felt yeah. very viable. So, um, yeah, leg meta is back, baby. Okay, yeah, I'm still I'm still not very good at leg meta. Yeah, but it's just it's just uh, one of those things. I've been meaning to try it out a little bit more. I did the only one that I did with it was um, using Magnum Buck, and it did actually work fairly well. I, I was Magnum Bucking like one five. No, uh, was it Saiga? I can't remember whether I was using this. I think I was using the Saiga, mm-hmm. and that worked quite well. I killed one guy in a duo, but it got killed by another guy. Like I was like I leg mounted a whole bunch of raiders on reserve actually, and that that like that felt great. Like they died really quick. <laughs> um. So yes, what were we saying? So ballistics overhaul, yeah, fine. Um, there was a discussion about. Um, I'm just kind of going through these in order now, mm-hmm. um, but there's a discussion about uh, quick changing, and I actually wasn't quite sure exactly what the ramifications of that were after the questions were asked. I thought I understood at the beginning, and then I kind of listened to it again, and I was like, actually, I'm now not sure what quite not what Nikita meant because there were like some questions about it, and the clarification actually made me more confused. So I think the I thought the idea from Nikita was when you shoot your weapon 
your main weapon mm-hmm. and it has a misfire of some description that then allows you to quick change to your sidearm like your pistol i imagine not the gun in the slot too i would imagine but the just like your actual sidearm that goes in the pistol slot and you can change to that really quick rather than fixing the malfunction like like faster than you would normally be able to change over to that pistol slot that was kind of what i imagined i think the other people were talking about always being able to change quicker to your pistol and why why not like because i was thinking this i was like why would you not be able to like if you can change to your pistol fast when there's a stoppage why would you not be able to just change your pistol fast normally when you're just like out of ammo or something so i I wasn't actually sure in the end what was going to happen um i think he was thinking about applying it to everything but i think the initial implementation of it was going to be when you get a stoppage you can change over quickly and that was it and then maybe maybe they'll change the one to pistol and Mm -hmm. two to pistol speed in in general afterwards i don't i don't know um but it was it was at least going from the main to the the sidearm on a stoppage it got a bit confused as far yeah. as i could tell but that sounded kind of cool because like i think red seven said no one uses pistols in this game or no one brings an extra pistol right you're either running a pistol as your main or you're not or you're running at something else yeah and even with stoppages you're actually better off just like clearing the stoppage and just carrying on than trying to swap to the sidearm because like it's rubbish and doesn't do anything yeah, if it was like almost instantaneous, then at least it would be an option then. Because it's like, as we've always talked about, right? It's all about players having options. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like option one is to fix the stoppage, which takes the same amount of time as swapping to your pistol and then having the gun that you intended to go in with fully loaded with right. all the good stuff that you you meant to. Um, or swapping over to a pistol that takes exactly the same amount of time and now has worse ammo than what you had before. Less, you know, less controllability, not full auto obviously unless you're using the 18c like you're a real gentleman but um whereas this way it would be like right well i can swap to the lower effective weapon mm. but it's way quicker yeah there's a better just, trade-off yeah and i could just pop this guy into the face so it's like a much better trade-off between the two so i, I quite like this as like a game design yes. point of view and so i hope they do put that in um and then uh what else do they say oh yeah there's a bit a bit about like cosmetics and painting weapons which is supposedly planned but nothing nothing purple and crazy um that there's going to be a container between capsule uh, kappa and epsilon which we kind of knew about um which is going to be sort of like old kappa in terms of progression because uh, they just like whizzed off epsilon off in, uh, sorry kappa off into the distance and no one could get it now so it's gonna be something in the middle mm-hmm. um and uh, and a bunch of other guns um, that are coming into the game, the G36, which is being modelled, and the RPD, which is being animated and is a boss's weapon for streets. Um, maybe I'd missed that at some point, but I was not aware that those things were were coming um, in that particular order and in that particular fashion. I knew the 36 was being done, but I didn't know the RPD was like being animated and was boss only. So, yeah, there was a, a couple of interesting things there. Which shining stuff? We will see, along with the scar. Indeed. Indeed. So I think that was it, mainly. Um, there was one point, I think, it was about like two hours and ten minutes in, mm-hmm. and Nikita was talking about the just the, the being a developer and like making games and stuff. He was like talking about watching other games and how like when this... I, I think he might have... I Was this too early? I don't know if he was talking about the cycle. Maybe, maybe that was too early, but he was talking about when he sees other game developers, like tiny studios making stuff and it gets popular and everything blows up and all the servers are on fire. And he was just like, I really feel for them. It's, uh, he said, yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy when you end up in that situation. He's like, 
like what he said. He was like, he said, it's it's crunches, it's madness, it's pain, it's tears, and even sometimes blood. <laughs> it was his literal quote, and I was like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> but, <laughs> I want to know now. I'm sure there's a story in there. You get um, map finished right now, comrade. Yes. <laughs> he cracks his knuckles. <laughs> Uh, exactly exactly uh, yeah, uh, so no. i think that was it i think that was it basically um it was it was yeah it was good it was good i thought he was on good form despite the pressures yeah it's always so hard man so hard for both the people asking the questions for nikita it's just it's so hard man so um yeah shout out to those guys because uh yeah, yeah it's tough but at least, they're, at least they're attempting, so they're going, going for it. Exactly. Were there any, um, any other points you wanted to go over from the cast? What he said? Any of the questions? Um, the guys, there was the topic of. I don't, I don't really know how I got started, but there was sort of like a discussion being had about PvP not being profitable. And I guess sort of the, I think the ask was sort of, hey, people are not incentivized to go for PvP. They're incentivized to go for loot. Could we make PvP more profitable so that people would be incentivized to go for more PvP, right? I think that was the ask. But I feel that it sort of got misrepresented or however into like pvp is not profitable we want pvp to be profitable so we can make more money and then nikita just looks at him like you have a billion rubles what what like what the fuck you know i mean he was just sort of like are you serious i think at the end he was like fine i'll type it down you know what i mean i want to say yeah i know i i completely un- I, I like i feel i'm completely on his side right in some ways I, I, mm-hmm. I get it, right? And yeah, maybe they can tweak it a bit. You know, maybe there's something they could do to tweak it a little bit. Like, make they're not going to do a radical overhaul or something, but like, yeah, maybe make some of just the, the selling of bits because you you get most of your bits from other players. You don't really get that many bits from raids. Like, where, where else are you going to get like non finding raid bits from? What do you like, mean by the fleet? bits? I mean like weapons parts. Okay. You, as in, where where do you get like non finding raid parts from? Are you going to get it? If you get something back in insurance, if you buy something from the traders, you buy something from the fleet, and if you kill someone in PvP, those are really the only things. If you get like if you get your own stuff back in insurance, then 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 fair enough. Because um, the thing is, anything that you find in raid, you're just gonna be able to sell it on the flea market if it's of any value. So I don't really feel like there's much of a problem upping the values a little bit for gear to be sold, because the only situations in which you're gonna be selling that non-finding rate gear is yeah either if you got it off somebody or you got it back in insurance yourself and are people really selling the gear they get back in insurance probably not they're probably just going to use it um and so i i reckon that the the main uh the main use case i guess the way you put it for that is that people will be killing other people in pvp getting back in they don't want their stuff and they sell it rather than having to use it and so i think you could up like the prices the secondary market price of some of the weapons attachments and that kind of thing um, Yeah. To, to help with that in some ways but that being said it, it was quite funny because it's just kind of like 
they're like oh you know people just want to run around the maps and they just want to like loot stuff and like people are just trying to survive and you know get out whatever and he's just like yes and problem hmm? what's your problem <laughs> like what's the issue with this it's like i i get it right because it's like tarkov's not a, a pvp game it's like right. a game where pvp is and a part of the game but the game is about making decisions about whether to engage in fights or not and a good proportion of the players that he was speaking to there, players that go out f- looking for PvP regardless, which is not really what Tarkov is designed to be. And if you're super good, you can make it work, but it's not as profitable as not doing that. And I think that's kind of fine in some ways. And also none of those guys are broke either. <laughs> um, maybe they have to do stuff that, yeah, as you said, they're set on a billion rubles or whatever. Like maybe they have to do stuff that they wouldn't want to do otherwise so that they're not broke i don't know but probably not landmark but it's um it's a funny one it's a funny one i, I agree with nikita honestly i think like they could rebalance it a little bit maybe but making it so that you can just like main pvp i don't think that's the point i really don't think that's the point personally right well it's like here's where it all comes crashing out for me is like the vision is one thing and then what we have is a different thing and in my opinion mm-hmm. what we have in a very unfair way to say is cod with extra stuff you know once you reach a certain progression threshold and you can generate enough income you, you know you just gear and that, that's that's the thing what what's there to do once you reach that point well it's just shoot people because survival and or not surviving is doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Um, because when you again, when you have infinite resources, quote unquote, then it's just like what's what's there to do. So it's like that's sort of where it's like it's a battle. It's like that's what we have now, and that's where the fun and the hype and all that stuff's at. So if that stuff is like not where it could be, like, you know, hey, we can make this better. So it would be more, more PvP oriented, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, I can see that, but that's like where tying again, tying it back to the beginning, man. You know, if we just worked on the foundation and maybe we made it more like the vision instead of adding these little systems, you know, then I don't know. I just feel like we could ultimately just have a more closer to that finished product game because right now it is very temporary, very, you know. Um, this is what we got, and I can understand some grievances because it, to me it is unfortunate that you you know I find a Lex in raid, but I kill a player in the raid. I can't sell the stuff on flea market. Like when I was playing with my introducing some friends to the game and helping them out, they were just like, "What? I can't. Why can't I sell this guy's thing on the flea market?" I'm like, ah. It's not found in rain. He's like, what do you mean? I found raid. You know, it's just like, eh, welcome to Tarkov. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not found in raid. You found it in the raid, but it isn't finding raid, I'm afraid. Yeah. You know, it's like finding raid, the special thing. Uh, it's, and it's, and, it's, very, it's very weird. And I don't know why that change was made. You know, was it made to, to hurt the PVPers? Was it made because RMT? Because I, I could see how I buy a labs key card off the raid. I go into raid. It's now found a raid. It goes back in the flea market. Like it's back in the, you could just filter stuff in the system. You know what I mean? So I could see how that's a problem, but maybe it's done for that. I don't know. But 
at any rate, you know, it, it was the I found a raid got hit. So player gear became less valuable. I mean, you can only sell the traders. And then the traders got nerfed. They started giving less money for everything. Yep. So it's kind of like double nerfed. So I don't know. It, it is a tough one. I can kind of, I, I wish that the question was asked differently <laughs> because it was kind of just like, like, I don't know, just come out with it, man. Hey, we really like PVP. We want more, we want people to also really like PVP, you know? So like maybe I'm basically advocating that maybe there was some balancing to be had, you know, maybe. I, I don't know, yeah. but. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for me, right? Because like, yeah. I agree with you in to a to a certain extent sure. that Tarkov becomes cod with extra steps once you have infinite resources and your as you said before your needs are met and you can generate enough resources that you can pretty much do what you like. Mm. Fine. However, <laughs> that being said, where does this question come from then? Do you know what I mean? Because the reason why these people right. are complaining is because they're saying well PvP is not profitable. Well, then, like, then it isn't COD with extra steps because now you're actually having to manage your economy because PvP is not profitable. Exactly. So you can do something else. So it's like, I don't think it can be both. This is the thing. It, yeah. can't, it can't really be both. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a weird situation, right? It's like everyone's complaining about, like, oh, well, there's nothing to do. And it's just like, oh, you know, everyone's got infinite money and everyone's running, like, the, uh, you know, the fully geared stuff. And it's just like, oh, but, but PvP is not profitable and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure what you want. Mm. You know, I don't really know what the community wants from this. It's, it's strange. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's like <laughs> talk of the, sh it should, it sh there should be, in my opinion, a decision between should I fight this guy or should I not fight this guy? And the beauty of the game is in all the other stuff around it and mm -hmm. the scarcity and the build up and all of that stuff. And if you get right to the end, and this question aside, because I think, I don't know, I think for, yeah, maybe PvP just on its own isn't profitable, but, you know, if you're, like, looting as well, then, like, people, these people, they, they hold their own, right, of course, mm -hmm. and find ways to deal with it, and I don't, I'm not really sure, I'm not, I'm not really sure, I've, like, derailed myself with the, thinking about the question again, I'm not really sure what the ask is, is, is the ask just to, like, so that they don't have to loot at all? Yeah, the, see, that's the dangerous part. Is that what is was that the ask, right? Because I I yeah. know I'm not going to say any names, but I know some people were complaining um, when certain changes got made that now I have to go and loot stuff, and it's like, and it was sort of like everyone's doing it was like also part of the complaint. Like, yeah, we have to now we all have to go loot stuff. You know, we just can't. Which you know I understand. PvP's fun. Trust me, I love a good firefight, man. I love a good firefight. But to add on what you were saying, it's all about those choices come from the win condition and the, the loss condition, right? You losing something, you yeah. gaining something. You know, it's always something you're like, do I get extra greedy? You know what I mean? Do I go, mm, do I go for them spicy shots? You know? And when that erodes, for me at least, it's just not, that's not why. I got sucked into Tarkov. You know what I mean? So yeah, which which I can completely get because then when you get to that stage, and let's ignore this question because it's sidetracking me. When you get to that situation where you can generate, you don't even need to be running top tier kits, but whatever whatever kit that you like to run and enjoy running, and you're just playing the game for the gameplay's sake, then 
and you and you're just looking to do pvp let's say because mm-hmm. i like ignore yeah as i said ignoring the profitability thing you say fine i just want to do pvp and it is profitable for me for because i loot and whatever as, I, as i'm going it's like if you're at that stage it's kind of like well then why would why shouldn't i just go and play cod because if i'm not restricted on my resources it doesn't feel like a post-apocalyptic world i am waiting five minutes to get into a raid you know there's there's the networking isn't up to scratch like i you can see why people then go and do something else or they want to play the cycle or they want to play apex or something that feels a bit more polished where it's all pvp where it's just you and your skill and your mouse clicking and like outstratting people whatever and they go back to csgo and they go off back off to even things like pubg or whatever because it's more pure in that sense because tarkov mm. had these other elements the, the way the game's constructed right now, and if you're, it depends on what kind of player you are, but if you're a certain type of player um, that really enjoys that section of the game, once that's kind of gone, then yeah, all you're left with is is this this core gameplay loop, which is very similar to these others, except it's got all this extra stuff around it, which just kind of gets in the way. And I think like I think that's valid, honestly. I think that's a valid um, that is a valid criticism. And I hope that this gets fixed, as we said right at the beginning when we had this kind of initial discussion. I hope that this gets fixed with 1.0 with yeah more dynamic extras and stuff not like and yeah you know they need to fix some of the networking and stuff that's fine but we want to bring some of that dynamism and that early gameplay and the extra things that make tarkov tarkov bring them back to the fore so that they're important even later on in the in the game so that it feels like you're still playing early game eft even if you've been playing it for like three months or something that you know whether they can actually get to that is another question mm-hmm. but that's kind of what we would hope for i, I would say yeah. Yeah. Well said. Cool. I managed to actually put a coherent thought out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's 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 always you. I'm the uh Papega <laughs> of the bunch. Was there um any other topics or any other maybe questions from chat or anything you wanted to talk about before we close today? Uh don't think so too too much um oh, i think they've added some magazine tagging i didn't actually try it you won't be able to tag magazines now with different labels or something i'm not sure if that's a mistake or something but i haven't tried it myself i just saw a couple of screenshots last i saw it's bugged unless there's a way to work around but it's it's bugged yeah um speaking okay. of which have you got to play much tarkov this week not I'm... a great deal okay have you noticed any performance issues? Not really, no. Okay. Yeah. Why I, have you? I was playing today and I just felt like I wasn't getting I looked at my FPS counter, I was like in the seventies on Which factory. On? on factory? Yeah. Now hmm. it, it could be because I'm streaming and recording. Um it's it probably obviously that does affect it, but I don't I don't know. It was just I was listening to another creator and they were talking about performance issues and bugs like their game kept like they had to kept restarting their game because it would like lock up or something um so i don't i was just curious if you noticed anything because i no it's been okay for me honestly it's been fine except for like reserve i think is always the bugbear for me it's just like a lot going on and that's the one that like lots of stuff and lots of scavs and raiders and things happening on the map and players and people shooting and then you go like picture in picture with the scope that's for me when it yeah, goes like that's, what? yeah it's below 60 a little that's which a is like ah, kind of annoying and then you're looking at your gpu and it's at like 35 percent or 40 percent and you're like oh god <laughs> come on. you yeah. know that kind of thing um maybe yeah and, and cpu too is like not not 100 usage but 
whatever. So there's part of the optimizations and that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. That, that kind of thing's hard, actually. Like yeah. hardware optimizations is hard. That's where the big studios do have like a big advantage. If you're, especially if you're making something that's like kind of intensive, like some games are more intensive than others. And Tarkov is clearly one of those that is more intensive just kind of by design. Um, so I think those things are kind of hard to clear up. But I did want to say anyway, that yeah. uh, apparently Pastilli is doing a podcast um, here soon. So is I have to a team one. I'm not sure. Um, shout out to Dudson for informing me on this. So we will probably have to see what that what comes of that because I don't know if it's a Tarkov related podcast or what, but that would be interesting to see. Which um, brings me on to another topic. Have you seen Deadly Slob's video? This the his like take on the state of the game. And we'll close I with this. I've seen. I have seen the first couple of minutes, but that's it. I haven't watched okay. it in enough detail to give a proper opinion as of yet. Okay. I started watching it, but then I was like, I, I, I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing something else and I didn't manage to get through like the, more than the first couple of bits. So I kind of like got like the, the idea and the sort of sentiment of what he was saying. Like, very, like what's the kind of key takeaway? Oh, man, that's or just all the general stuff that everyone <laughs> already knows about EFT and the reason why people leave because there's new and exciting things and the game's not really much happening in it, which gives Battlestate actually time to develop the game, which I think is probably okay at this stage. It's yeah, I mean, it is sort of like a current events topic, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, him coming off the back of playing the cycle and really liking the cycle, um, you know, it it was he sort of had this take where and. and let me just say that I I watched it, but I don't remember all the details. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I watched this stuff too early in the week. I just need to start taking notes. But anyways, he talked about how the cycle doesn't have the flea market and how, you know, he that pretty much convinced them that Tarkov would be a better game without the flea market. That was just like the, the nail in the coffin for him. But, he, you know, he said it in a way where it's like, it's fine if they don't do it that way. You know, it, it's it's. That's just his opinion, I guess. And um, there were some other topics and whatnot, but it, it it's, I mean, as as we said in our last show uh, when we did the special on the cycle, it was pretty. It, it's gonna be very interesting to see how that game develops and how that sort of like what the two studios, Battleset Games and Jaeger, can sort of like. Because at the very core, they're, you know, similar, but, you know, playing the cycle, it's like, yeah, this is definitely not Tarkov. Like, you know, I mean, in fact, playing the cycle got me to want to go and play Tarkov, believe it or not. Um, It just wasn't the same, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is the same when we go back to the cycle, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, I want to like take parts and pieces and mix them anyways. So, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to catch up next week then and then see what, um, yeah i should have watched it by then maybe we talk about it then because i think it's probably still going to be relevant i would imagine so i would think so i'll go watch it i'll go watch it um properly and then and then we'll 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 talk about it then and see but um i mean deadly's a super level-headed guy he's like exactly one of like it's funny it's one of those things where like i don't necessarily like watch well i I don't even watch like nearly half his stuff to be honest because a lot of it's like raid stuff Mm -hmm. um that's fine but he's still like so despite me not watching that much of his content like if he's streaming i'll 
most of the time i'll end up on his stream i think usually oh, yeah. like if, if he's just like up i know he's just like one of those creators that i like just really respect i really mm. really respect deadly i think he's super super he's like so chill so level-headed like he does just the way that he approaches his community and stuff i think he just does so much stuff right um he's like well he's probably one of my favorite content creators i think and despite like in just into like just in kind of like just vibe and like approach and that kind of thing um and even though yeah most of the video is not necessarily like for me in my like you know personal consumption or whatever mm-hmm. i still just like really like his take and really like the way that he like conducts his his stuff um i, I think he's great so i'm uh, yeah i'm excited that's why i like I've, i wanted to watch it but then got i can't remember what i was doing i was doing something else um i think it might even just been like doing the washing up and it was too loud and i was just like well i want to hear what he's saying so i'm gonna turn this off and i'll listen to it later and never got around to it <laughs> but um yeah that sounds good because i'm intrigued as to what he has to say that's that's funny you mentioned about not watching his youtube raid content um mm. because i i was thinking i think 80 percent or more of the videos I watch from Daily Slime have all been like a title that's like opinion based, you know what I mean? But I end up watching the whole thing, you know. But it is yeah. it is kind of like that, you know, that thing that like pulls you in, gets you to click on it. Exactly. It's pretty cool how that works. Um, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we're done. <laughs> because like wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> cool well um yeah i think that actually does wrap it up guys believe it or not (laughs) that's the wrap up uh yeah we'll catch you guys next week and uh be in tarko bye everyone